This is Dan Fagella, and you're listening to AI and Industry. You're also listening to our first ever episode in the year 2020. We're going to be kicking off the month of January 2020 with a new theme, and that theme is buying and procuring AI in the enterprise. Many of you who are readers of Emerge.com or you're on our newsletter at Emerge, tune in because you want to be able to know uh, what vendors are legitimate, what use cases are actually viable, is there real traction, are there real you know, actual evidence of results, and where's the hype? And obviously a lot of our work is focused on making that distillation, and when it comes down to picking a service provider, those decisions are pretty critical. Our first guest for this series in this month of January is Pranay Agrawal, who's the CEO of Fractal Analytics. Fractal employs thousands of people around the world in implementing artificial intelligence at existing enterprise companies. Pranay has a lot of experience in this domain, seeing AI adoption done right and done wrong, and he shares some of his advice for both technical considerations as well as cultural considerations for finding the right vendor partner. If you're actually interested in finding the right vendor partner for your company, and you want to take this interview a little bit further, we've actually created a quick three-page PDF brief called Five Keys to Selecting the Right AI Vendor. So if you're either helping a client with AI vendor selection or you're considering who to work with for your own business, whether it's a consultancy or uh, a vendor technology company you're looking at, you can download our free PDF guide called Five Keys to Selecting the Right AI Vendor at emerge.com slash B-U-Y-1. That's buy one. Again, this series is about buying and procuring AI. It's emerge.com slash buy one. So if you're interested in picking the right vendor for your firm, you can find our short framework there. It's about as succinct a guide as you'll ever find on the topic, and we hope you'll find it useful. But without further ado, let's kick off our first episode of 2020 here with Pranay of Fractal Analytics. So, Pranay, I want to kick us off here with getting your perspective on how business leaders should think about screening AI vendors, whether it's consultants or technology providers. How do you advise people think through that process? So... You know, the first thing really is having clarity on what you as a business leader are trying to achieve or why do you want to engage with any AI vendor. And the objectives can vary a lot. Uh, Objective could be that I want to solve a specific problem. It could be that I want to solve the problem of customer engagement. I want to solve the problem of optimizing my supply chain costs or minimizing my credit risk. So that is one kind of objective that you could have, which is a very specific point solution. You could have a second objective, which is that as a company, I want to infuse AI into multiple areas of the business. And therefore, I'm seeking a partner that will help me not just on any one specific point problem, but on multiple problems. It could be that, you know, I have I have a whole bunch of things going for me, but I don't have someone that I need some really deep expertise in uh, AI model development. Okay, so what I'm trying to say is that there could be multiple objectives, right? It could be a point problem. It could be about infusing AI very broadly into my company. It could be about, you know, supplementing certain skills that are lacking in the organization. And that is really number one, because if you're looking to solve a specific point problem, then, and only that, then maybe the way you want to do that is to look for a vendor partner that has depth of capability and expertise in that particular solution. Uh, Have they done that before? Have they done that in your industry? 
uh, do they have a background in actually delivering ROI against that? So that that's one. On the other hand, if you're looking for someone that is uh, going to help you very broadly infuse AI across your organization, then you need to be looking for someone that has you know more broad-based expertise, right? You may not necessarily look for the company that has the best solution in one particular area, but you're looking for a company that has the ability to work with your complex organization across a range of things. So it really varies on your uh, objective and purpose. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, the other thing that you need to also have clarity on is that do you have the solution broadly figured out and, and you're looking for software to help you with that? Or uh, do you need someone to not just, you know, uh, just provide your software or an application, but really help you think through the entire process right from the beginning, whether that's a point solution or your entire, you know, AI strategy and therefore a broad range of use cases. And again, the kinds of companies that will help you there will be different. The one other thing that I want to add over here is that we believe that AI is not enough to deliver value from AI. There is tremendous potential to deliver value from AI, but AI is not enough to deliver value from AI. We need a combination of AI, engineering, and design. That's our belief. AI is the ability to create algorithms that can match or exceed human capacity. Engineering is the ability to create the data pipes and the technology infrastructure that will you know, pipe in the data into the algorithms and decisions out of the algorithms into operating systems where decisions are made. And then design is the ability to uh, conceptualize the problem, solve the right problem, putting the user at the center of it so that there'll be adoption, right? And therefore, you need to be very cautious about this as well, that if you're looking for someone to solve the entire problem for you, then you also need to look for companies that are bringing these three things together, right? So in, in, in summary, uh, if you're looking to, you know, more broadly infuse AI across the organization, uh, I guess you need to look for companies that have the experience of, you know, helping you figure out, you know, what your uh, key business issues are, key business drivers are, and where AI and analytics can fit in with that. Uh, do they have the ability to not just, you know, do the models, but help you, you know, implement them, work with your organization to get that uh, infused across your organization? Do they have the ability to, you know, transfer some of that knowledge to you, all of that stuff? So, I think that's one angle of it, which is, you know, the hard stuff, you know, what are you looking for and therefore matching the hard skills. Eventually, uh, though, I think it's also very important to remember that it is about people working with people. And therefore, do you have the ability to work with the other organization? Do your cultures, do your values match? And do you think this company can be a partner to you, right? And there are indicators of that that you can look for, you know, how client-centric is the organization? Do they measure themselves on their client-centricity? Uh, do they do things like, you know, net promoter scores, et cetera, for their clients and stuff like that? These are all the things that you need to look for. Of course, there is, you know, I would say no um, alter, no, no better sort of, you know, reference point than to also speaking with, you know, past clients, right? Because oh, they can actually you, you know, what it was like to uh, work with the company. But the starting point is always, always, you know, what are you looking to achieve? And that will help you narrow down to the right set. And then you go on and put your criteria and choose within that set that actually, you know, works for you. I like it. And if you don't mind, Pranay, I'd love to kind of poke into a couple of these ideas you've brought up and, sure. and dig in as we move into our other questions. One thing you brought up here is something that comes up really consistently in the consulting and vendor world, which is 
that ideally clients should have a pretty firm understanding of, of what it is that they want. Yeah. And sometimes they don't necessarily have the experience to know what that is yet. So they, they have a particular yeah. issue, but it might actually imply more things. I think as, as more enterprise leaders become AI fluent, understand use cases and how the yeah. technology works, they'll have a better idea of those early projects. But but as much clarity as possible in-house is, is always useful before we go out to, to the vendor ecosystem. And if you're honest enough to say, well, we need a solution, but we also need some perspective on what's valuable. Well, then you need to find a company. What your advice here is, Pranay, is you need to find a company that can not just point at one single thing and solve it, but can actually do that strategic thinking. If they don't have a track record of that, then maybe they're not the best partner for that. So having a fully bounded conception of what is success, what do we need this partner to do? That's, that's it sounds like for you, really, really critical kind of starting point. Exactly. So it is totally fine if you don't know what you need done, right? Um, but then you say, okay, I know that this is an important tool that I need to uh, help my company use AI. And, you know, I think there is tremendous value. I don't know how to use it. And therefore, I need to first and foremost look for a company that has the experience in and the skills to help me think through that process, that they can come and look at my business, tell us, you know, where the key value drivers are and how AI can play a role or not play a role because not every problem solution lies in AI. Yep. Uh, but they actually conceptualize for us and say, okay, here are your three key objectives at a company level. If I break this down, this translates into, you know, 10 or 15 initiatives out of these six is where, you know, AI can really help you. And in this fashion, it can help you. Yep. Uh, I would agree with you there. I also like your breakdown of kind of AI engineering and, and design. I think that anybody who's listening in right now and who who doesn't nod their head in hearing that statement is going to learn the hard way that you sort of have to. Um, you know, having engineering and design work along with AI is the only way this stuff is going to get adopted. The technology vendors that are selling into this space are learning very hard lessons right now about how to make these user interfaces usable, how to make systems integratable into existing enterprises. This is very, yeah. very hard work. And so it, it has to be a holistic perspective. Um, anybody that comes in with too narrow a take of, of what AI should be doing, I think is, is going to have a rude awakening. And so hopefully this is useful hearing it from Pranay. So moving into kind of question number two, just to get your take on this as well. Um, when you think about what a, a proof of concept or kind of an initial vendor engagement looks like, there's a lot of different perspectives on how that should go. I think there's too many AI POCs that are very willy nilly and we're kind of in there just to do AI for its own sake. But when you think about how a buyer should be smart and try to assess upfront what to do in a POC, how to, how to set their success criteria, how to kind of structure it. What is the anatomy of, of a, a successful and a useful proof of concept actually look like for you? Yeah, great question. I think there could be two reasons to do a POC or a pilot. One could be to test whether the idea itself has some legs and whether it can generate value for my organization. And the second could be to test whether this particular vendor uh, has the ability to deliver for me and whether we can work together, right? Got it. And I think if we focus uh, on the first, it is important that you do upfront develop some conviction that there is a real business problem here to be solved and that can create value. And I think it's important to go after issues that have the ability to create impact that will be noticed in your organization. Yeah. If you're an organization that does $10 billion of revenue and a billion dollars of you know uh, profits, then at the very least, 
uh, look at a use case that has the ability to generate, let's say, an incremental 20 to $50 million of, you know, uh, bottom line impact for your company or, you know, a 3 to 4%, you know, revenue impact for your company. I think it's, you've got to be very clear that whatever I pick has to have a meaningful impact uh, on the organization if it's successful. And this is not just a, you know, experiment that I'm running uh, for the sake of it to, you know, prove uh, AI. And so if we start with that sort of a thinking process, then I think the way to think of your POC or pilot is merely a step in the journey. So you have conviction that this has the ability to create value. And now I'm trying to sort of, you know, break this down into what one may also call a MVP, right? A minimum viable product that let me work this through and in a 10 to 12 week period, let's you know see what value we can create or generate, right? And if you're after the right use case, hopefully your approach is not that into 10 to 12 weeks, if, if this doesn't work, I'm going to hash this idea completely. All it means is that I'm not going to sink in two years of effort into this initiative before I find I was on the wrong path. Yeah. So I, I do my 10 to 12 weeks and I find that okay, great, this is the right path. We're getting some, you know, great value here. And, uh, you know, these are the things that we're doing correctly. And these are the things that we can course correct. Or we find at the end of 10 weeks that we were absolutely on the wrong track, but we still have conviction in the fact that, you know, this is going to create uh, a great amount of value and outcome for us. So we learn, we say, okay, this is why it has not worked so far. We're going to pivot and, you know, uh, try this in a different way. Uh, So again, you know, Objective should be clear. Why are we doing this POC? Is it to test the concept of the idea? Is it to test the vendor? And and then again, what is your conviction in the work itself, right? So my advice is that be clear about why you're doing the POC. Number two, pick the POC or a pilot for things that you think will eventually create tremendous amount of impact, right? There is actually at this point of time, tremendous amount of low-hanging fruit, which has the ability to create a lot of value. So there isn't the need to go after some really esoteric thing that is not necessarily going to create a high amount of yeah, impact and yeah. what the impact for your organization means. And then think of the pilot merely as a uh, part of the journey of creating high value and to learn from the first 10 to 12 weeks and, you know, pivot yourself, uh, either continue going that direction or to make course corrections. Got it. There's a couple things to extract here, Pranay, and I like the, the kind of frame you're thinking through. So you started off with an interesting insight, which is that a POC can sort of help us determine whether or not a technology can deliver value for us, uh, sort of an individual use case potentially. Um, and also yeah. it's it's about potentially being able to see if a vendor is a technical or cultural fit for us. So it can sort yeah. of be a useful exercise for both of those. Um, yeah. You're talking about, you know, having a measurable impact. Obviously, AI ROI is, is a tough thing in the short term. There is a lot of iteration. These are long-term capabilities. People do need to think about it that way. But but like you said, having some idea of what impact is going to be is important. Is it important to have like a current benchmark of results so that when we change things, we can have a next benchmark of results? Uh, what's a good way to know that that measurement, whatever we set in place, what's a good way to try to calibrate that to, to make sure it's something we can really track and get our hands around? Yeah, I think I think it's uh, important to know what metrics you are trying to impact. As an example, maybe you're a you know B two B business and you're trying to see. I have you know multiple product lines. Most of my uh, customers are only using one or two, 
and we think there is value in them being able to you know use a broader suite of you know offerings from us can i use ai to identify their needs their next best uh, you know uh, action or product and then set in place mechanisms to expose them to those at the right times correct and i think you can start with some you know benchmarks like you know let's say revenue per customer or number of products per customer and say this is what i'm going to try and impact we also know that you know this impact may not come in the first 10 to 12 weeks but are we seeing here that we are able to in the first to 10 to 12 weeks i want to identify at least can i zero in to say okay this category of customers are the ones that are typically you know buying uh, four products from us versus one and say okay well, actually there is something over here i can see some differentiation and can i sort of you know replicate those conditions for others or can i find other customers who look the same way so now i get some conviction that yes actually this is possible and then my next phase could be to set in place a program whereby i'm targeting those people right so you may not be able to achieve the end roi in the 10 week or 12 week time yeah, period yeah. but am i giving myself milestones which tell me that yes i'm making progress in the right direction i think that is important and certainly you need to have some idea of you know what metrics are you trying to you know measure and uh, improve sometimes it's not always possible as an example you know one of the goals may be to provide my uh, business users or senior management the right information at their you know fingertips proactively before they ask for it and so on because i'm trying to improve the speed of decision making as an example right so i may not be able to translate that to a direct top line or a bottom line number but maybe there is some other way to measure it maybe there's a way to measure you know the user satisfaction levels right so you could say hey how satisfied are you today with the kind of information that yeah, you received yeah 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 and then you know let's say 12 weeks later when you've rolled the new program out you do that measurement again got it so okay let me know if these takeaways are are the right things i'm just taking notes as you're going through pranay cuz there's there's a lot of great stuff here so um one of them is if there's a hard benchmark number that we can already have then just use that if it's something qualitative try to think about how we can still score it and then the additional yeah. thing you're mentioning here is think about maybe that core metric but think about the proxy metrics if the goal is to have a better recommendation yeah. engine what would be the smaller yeah. signals that tell us we're on that path it sounds like all three of those are pretty useful exactly yes absolutely and i think you uh, really distill down that uh, to 30 seconds from Uh, me rambling for about three <laughs> I, I, I have some practice in doing that, but you know, yeah. to to take credit away from me, I don't have to think of the original idea. So I'll have to. <laughs> I don't get that much credit. Last tiny question for you, Pranay. We'll wrap up on this one. Um, but yeah. the last one is around sort of measuring return on investment. Part of the the ROI, quote unquote, of of artificial intelligence, of pilots, of projects. is being able to get a company who knows how to use these tools right one of the big ROIs is are we a company that has been used to leveraging its data and opening up its data infrastructure are we a company that understands the value of different kinds of data and where ai can be applied in different parts of our business so opening up minds opening up data building internal capabilities this is part of the ROI but it's so hard to measure is that something that we think about when it comes to success of a poc is that something you know you advise business leaders to kind of bear in mind in some way how does that factor into a poc yeah i think that that's a great point which is you're talking about are we moving from being an organization that is wedded to its traditional ways of doing things which could be intuition or a certain type of you know analysis and experience and so on to 
putting more faith in data and AI and analytics. And that shift in mindset itself is something that's valuable for business leaders, right? Yep. And, and how do we measure that or, you know, how do we think about that as yeah. that ROI? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, again, it's it's a hard one to do. It sure is. Uh, that, if you do have the ability to uh, put some proxies in place and place and measure things, right? I mean, whether you're doing employee surveys, as an example, and, you know, can you sort of start to measure the places in your organization or decisions that are being influenced by AI and how that has changed over time? Can you look at the kinds of, you know, case studies or examples that are emerging from your organization about how core business processes were changed, whether they relate to, you know, customer experience or uh, product development, uh, operating uh, efficiencies, uh, and so on. Uh, and, you know, how much of that uh, have you been able to infuse within the organization? I think these are all uh, important measures or proxies that you can sort of, you know, capture and start mm-hmm. to see over time. And then I think there is another dimension to this, which is where I think design becomes really important and useful, which is that the best users of AI are where the user is impervious to the existence of that. Hmm. In our lives as consumers, we are using AI all the time. We've been using that for a long yep. time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It, you know, it's the Google search engine or the Amazon or Netflix recommendation engine and so on. We don't know what's happening underneath it and we don't care either, but we have this, you know, fantastic user interface that's very easy and intuitive and we're using it and it is benefiting us. We have, you know, easier access to knowledge and information, which is what we need. Uh, We have a better ability to, you know, figure out what is the next product to buy or the next, uh, you know, movie to watch and so on. And if you think of business users also from that lens, you will find that uh, many of them need the same help. If I'm a salesperson, I probably need to know what are the three best products to offer to this next customer that I'm meeting. And if an engine provides me that information on my handheld or on my email, and over time I build trust in it, I will start to use it uh, whether I or not, I know what is the AI underlying that. And I think that putting that consumer uh, lens on business users will be very useful because that aspect of design thinking, user empathy will help us understand what are their core issues, how does their daily life work, what do they care for? And we can start providing them that without making them worry too much about what is the AI or under engineering underneath that, you know, uh, underneath that service. Yeah. So one last little, I'm going to see if I can nutshell this and then we'll wrap up, but I I like where you're headed here. The last little kind of takeaway could be one of these kind of ephemeral, hard to measure capabilities that maybe we should keep our eyes out for is can we implement AI in a way where it's sort of invisible behind the scenes? In other words, it's delivering value. It's doing what it's doing into a workflow that doesn't make it slower, doesn't make it confusing, but makes it easier. And that maybe experience doing that is one of the many yeah. kind of core capabilities that we should we should call a win, you know, uh, as, yeah. as kind of part of our ROI. Exactly. Cool. Excellent. Pranay, I know that that's all we have for time. I sincerely appreciate you hopping on uh, and joining us here on AI and Industry. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And if you need any, any clarifications, need to speak again, very happy to do so. Thank you. Awesome. Bye.
So that's all for this episode of AI and Industry. We're going to continue with our theme of buying and procuring AI in the enterprise with a great guest for next week, the head of AI at Raytheon. Raytheon is one of the largest defense contractors in the world. The head of AI there certainly has a lot of experience in assessing vendors and building applications in-house and has some very practical and simple advice for making, buying, and procuring decisions. So be sure to stay tuned in for next Tuesday, and I'll catch you here on AI and Industry.